Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. And welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio. This is Pastor Keith Radke and in studio with Pastor Steve Pearson. So thankful that you've joined us today. Our last conversation, we talked about playing the blame game and how easy it is for us, human nature, just to point the finger at other people or even at God and blame him for where our own sin, our own difficulty lands us. And uh, we learned there at the end, the only way to win the blame game is to quit and to (laughs) confess, confess our sins to God, even when necessary, one to another, as James chapter 5 says, that we may be healed. So today we want to go from that conversation of playing the blame game to living a righteous life. Proverbs chapter 11 uh, specifically is where we're going to be talking from today, has a lot to say about righteous living Pastor Steve, it's so good to be back together today on the on Shouts of Grace Radio. Yeah, I love it. I mean, how where are we at on episodes on this? Because we've been tracking close to a year, haven't we? This is forty four. Wow. So we're yeah, and we're we've been doing there. this for about a year now. So we've had yeah. a few reruns and a few holiday special holiday episodes. But as far as us chatting, this is it's episode forty four. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Love, love, uh, love doing it. I hope people are blessed by it. And, you know, if you are blessed by it, feel free to, um, you know, to drop us an email or, or send us a text, you know, we'd, um, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. You can go to redemptionhillutah.com or actually we changed it now. Yeah, it's church, and you can, you can let us know. Or you could also go to come to the river, um, dot church. And drop uh, drop Pastor Keith uh, uh, an email. We we'd love to be encouraged by you guys. Um, we're excited for for what God's doing through this radio program and the podcast as well. So yeah, and this this program airs first here on Key Radio. You can find out more about them at keyradio.org. And it's podcasting shouts of grace You can find it on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, I think we finally got it working in Amazon's Alexa. So. Hmm. Uh, if you are listening right now, say, Alexa, play Shouts of Grace radio podcast. <laughs> See what happens. Awesome. <laughs> Those things are kind of weird, aren't they? They are. You know, they are, especially when they start talking back to you and, and you're like, I didn't ask you that. <laughs> is there a little person in there? What is this weird thing? Uh, technology. But we're thankful for technology that allows us to connect with you here on this Broadcast. So we're talking about righteousness. What does it mean to enjoy righteousness, to, to live a righteous life? In Proverbs 11.5, it says, The righteousness of the blameless keeps his way straight. In verse 6, it says, The righteousness of the upright delivers them. In verse 8, it says, The righteous is delivered from trouble. In verse uh, 19, it says, whoever steadfast in righteousness will live. There's a theme here, Pastor Steve. Mm -hmm. There is a theme here of the blessing. Every one of those verses is contrasted with the the impending doom, the impending judgment, the impending consequence Mm. of those who live wickedly. Probably the best way to define what it means to to live in a a blessing, uh, the blessing of righteousness, is to define righteousness itself. Mm. What does it Mm. mean, Pastor Steve? 
to be mm-hmm. righteous. Well, you know, you got to look at this from 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 two angles. Number one, um, Scripture does say that there's no one righteous, no not one. Speaking of humanity, so when we talk about righteousness, you know, in its in its ultimate form. Righteousness is something that's imputed to a person by Christ alone. Mm-hmm. He's the only righteous one, right? And so, so we don't, we don't, we don't suggest that that righteous living is based on some sort of you know internal effort that man makes or whatever. Man is righteous because of Jesus and yes. because of what He has done. However, Scripture does, and you had indicated this in our last program. Scripture does say, be holy as I am holy. Mm-hmm. Now, now, and, and we would also concede this. I believe it was Martin Luther when he was bantering back and forth um, as, as he was taking his stance against Erasmus's freedom of the will. Martin Luther's wrote, wrote bondage of the will, and, and he had made a statement in there. Um, does, are, are you to suppose that when the command is given to turn ye that with the command is the ability to turn? And, and his whole point was that, that God has given us commands on what we should do but not necessarily that the command itself has the ability to do it. And so mm-hmm. we would even recognize and say that the ability to live righteously comes from Jesus. Yes. So Jesus is righteous. The ability to come and be righteous is, does a, is, 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 is a power that is given by God through the Holy Spirit. However, Keith, we are called to be righteous. We are called to live holy. We are called to exercise um, decisions that reflect right living mm-hmm. and right thinking mm. according to what God commands and with, of course, God's help. And so when we say what is righteousness or what is it, it is simply um, that that act, that 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 thought process that reflects the desires and the will of God in doing good and, and mm. holiness and justice. Yeah, you said right living and right thinking. And both of those are products of right believing. Hmm. How important it is for us to begin in that place of faith that says, God is right. He is righteous. That's right. And so I'm going to believe in him. I'm going to trust him. And from that comes right thinking and then right living, the ability to obey, the ability to do what God has called us to do. But it takes something. There's there's something that has to to happen on the inside and that's called transformation. Mm. It, we can train a dog, right? You can train a pet. You can train a horse. All you're doing is you are bending that animal's you know, sliver of a will into things of muscle memory, into things of you know, response to certain um, you know, triggers. You know, we're going to give the dog a snack. Or we're going mm. to speak in a low voice. You know, we're going to do these things to try to get the dog to do what we, God's not working that way mm-hmm. with us. That, that's, how, that's how animals are trained. What God does with us to, for righteousness to take place is he, he transforms us from the inside because apart from Christ and apart from that transformation, our, our believing is wrong. Our thinking is wrong, That's right. and therefore our living is wrong. No matter what we try to do or say, we're always working from a place of unrighteousness, mm. of, of wrong thinking. And so it is important for us to, to communicate. We're not talking about trained behavior. We're talking mm. about transformational living. That's right. And, That's right. And, and that is what separates righteousness from just doing good things. Yeah. You know what, Keith, you bring up an excellent uh, point and an interesting pathway is, you know, you can train 
righteous behavior. Mm-hmm. We call that self-righteousness, yeah, right? We call true. that we we call that people acting without your point, without the mm-hmm. transformation from the inside, and and they're basically religious tricks that people do: right. sit, heal, you know, bark, be quiet. However you want to say it, you know, th- this is where we raise our hands. This is where we say Amen, brother. This is where we say we'll trust the Lord, and we train the outward man to respond religiously. But here's the thing, Keith, people see through that. Ultimately, that fails. And mm-hmm. on, the, on, the, on the altar of self-aggrandizement, people just wanting to gratify self and, and honor self, what you're talking about is the core of Christianity. It is God transforms you from the inside first and yes. practically outward, you're still unrighteous. You still got bad thinking. You got bad theology. You got bad pathways. It's just like, and God then takes what's inside and he spends this life transforming you on the outside so mm. that the outside is a reflection of the inside of the cup first, right? Otherwise, if you switch those around, Jesus said, man, you, you could be like whitewashed tombs on the outside, but you're dead mm. inside. And so you hit, I think, a key a key thing when it comes to righteousness is it's something that's put inside of you, the person of Christ, and now he transforms your behavior and modifies your thinking and mm-hmm. does everything that has to happen to get his life outside of you. And isn't that what I believe First Corinthians 4 says? It says we have this treasure in earth and vessels yes. that the excellency and the power may be of God and not of ourselves. And so Christ works his way out of us to be righteous practically, though we are positionally 100% righteous before God. That's great. Uh, there's a verse here in Proverbs 11 that says that the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. And it reminds me of Jesus's conversation with his disciples in John 15, where he mm. said that he is the vine and we are the branches, that we are to abide in him and we will bear fruit. You know, this fruitfulness, righteousness leads to fruitfulness, you mm. know, and fruitfulness in so many areas of life. And we're talking about God's wisdom from the Proverbs. We're talking about applying God's truth to our life in such a way that we see it transform our life. We see it play out, and we begin to see the reward of that. And the reward of righteous living that begins with faith in Christ is that we go from being uh, you know, a withered-up branch to, mm. to being something that's green and flourishing and eventually something that's producing fruit. And fruit leads to multiplication, because within the fruit is contained seeds. That's right. And those seeds are planted, and the process continues. And so there's a multiplying effect of righteousness, and that righteousness, apart from our good works, um, this is this is where we, get, we, we rest a little bit. It's apart from our good works, but it produces true good works, good mm-hmm. works that glorify our Father in heaven, as Jesus would say, talking about us being uh, the light of the world. Mm-hmm. Where does a person start, Pastor Steve, with, with becoming righteous, as, as, as we've been talking about? Well, I think, I think the first place we start is you have to recognize that, you know, if, if, I, re- if, if I go to my bank account and I realize, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm broke, I haven't got no, nothing in the account, I could sit there all day long and look at the account, at some point I'm going to have to go to work. Now I want to mm-hmm. define what I mean by this. I'm going to have to go do the necessary things that are going to take for me to have deposits into a bankrupt account, right? right? And, and when we talk about being a Christian, where do you start? 
it's not that we go to work in the sense of we're going to go and, and do this and do that and have righteousness deposited into our account because Jesus said, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he sent. So the first place that we have to start is we have to start with simple belief and faith in mm-hmm. Christ, Keith, because think of it this way. Man outside of Christ is completely bankrupt. He he owes a debt he can't pay. Imagine imagine somebody comes to you and, and you're, you're, you're withdrawn on your account and they say, okay, a, a billionaire king comes to you and says, okay, at midnight tonight, I am going to merge my account with yours and I'm going to put my account to your account. Two things are going to happen. Number one, all of your debt will be swallowed up by my treasure, by my account, and all of my treasure will become yours. You will become an instant inheritor of everything that I have. You're going to look at that and go, wow, what a great deal. That is essentially what takes Mm. place when a person comes to Christ. They're bankrupt. But the second they have faith in Jesus, two things happen. God puts his account to theirs and all of their debt is swallowed up by Jesus. And instantly they become heirs and joint heirs with all that Christ has. And so righteousness begins there because Mm. you have no source of tapping into a righteous reservoir outside of Christ because he's the only righteous one. Begin there, and that's where the work starts on the inside. Wow, that is fantastic. We're going to talk more about that on the other side of the break. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airways with good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. Pastor Steve, you just made a great illustration about what it means to become righteous, not of our own efforts, but of the righteousness of Christ, of of a wealthy person merging his bank account with ours. So now all of my debt and all of my poverty is absorbed into their account. They're paying all the debts. They're clearing all the accounts. But all of that wealth, all of that uh, all of those resources now are available to me completely right. and totally. And, and that's something Paul talks a lot about in Ephesians uh, chapter 1 he, and 2. He talks about the blessings that we inherit by faith in Christ, mm. that we have all of the riches of heaven wow. deposited into our account. Wow. Right now, why do we live in such spiritual poverty once we come to faith in Christ. I'll, I'll just be real with you. When, when we become a Christian, we tend to get all hyped up and excited. We're reading a Bible. We're praying. We're going to church. We're seeing practical fruit, right? If something happens and we start to get kind of in a, in a ho-hum pattern or, or just complacent, and then we start to see this poverty of unrighteousness creep back into our life. We see old thoughts and old patterns taking mm. root. And, and, and we forget that we have been given these spiritual blessings. Uh, Ephesians one eleven says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, mm. having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. You know, mm. he just goes on. He uses this word inheritance, inheritance, inheritance. We've got these riches. We've got this inheritance. We can live. We have the power to live a righteous life. Why don't we? Why don't we tap into that bank account, that reservoir of spiritual wealth that God has given to us? 
I mean, I think that's the question. That's the question of the of the century, sure. man. I mean, you know, why why is it that that the prodigal son asked for his inheritance in the immediate, mm. you know, and then he went out and he just wanted to enjoy and spend it, only to come and find out that man, you know, I I totally blown this. You know what? Squandered why, the whole thing. Yeah. Why, why is it that Scripture would say? You know, eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of a man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. I mean, we we look at at the spiritual treasures that are unseen, and that's why there's there's an invitation in Scripture. I think of Colossians where it says, you know, if you be risen with Christ, set your affections on the things that are above, not on the things of this world. Mm. And so there's this constant plea from Scripture, Keith, constant to keep your eyes on the things that are unseen, that there's treasures on in in heaven where where rust and moth can't can't ruin them and thieves can't break in and steal it but man has this just this undeniable attachment to just wrong living and right. wrong thinking and it's the battle that I think Romans 7 says it wages in us every day and I think when you find a person who is able to set their mind on the things which are above Keith they tapped into what's waiting for them and and they begin to store up treasure in heaven because they understand this is where ultimately everything is but I think for a lot of people and I can say my myself included it, it's hard sometimes because we we think of of it's very difficult for us to imagine all that God has blessed us with because mm. we, we can't we, we don't see it we can't we can't taste it we don't and and I think this is where faith comes in we have to trust that God has things that are unspeakable we can't even we can't even put them in human terms you know and they're waiting for us and 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 they're ours now of course and I think one of the greatest riches is grace why why don't why don't we understand why don't the righteous of all people understand the depths and the and the and the breadth and the width of God's love for us and and being poured out in the grace of Christ. I I don't know I don't know the answer to that. It's it's a it's a weird phenomenon. <laughs> well, may, maybe it and I think you said it. Maybe we've overcomplicated what it means to put our faith in Christ. You know that there's so much that we are striving to do to do right in our own strength apart from those spiritual resources that we've been getting apart from the power of the Holy Spirit that's at mm. work in us. You know, that, that the power of God is in us for his glory. Like God wants to be glorified through our lives. And and we're often trying to prove to him over and over and over again that we can we can give him glory enough. That's right. You know, we can but we can't give him glory enough. He's at work in us to give glory. Think think about this. Let's trace out Abraham just for a second. Abraham was, it says, Abraham believed in God, and it was accounted to him, it was credited to him as righteousness. It says that the just shall live by faith. So here's Abraham, he's going along, and he's just minding his own business there in Ur of the Chaldees, and God speaks to him and says, Abraham, I'm taking you to a new place, I'm going to make a brand new nation out of you. Follow me. Hmm. Well, Abraham says, okay, well, he, he, it's, he's, he's told to leave his family, right? Well, he brings his father along. So uh, he, he's struggling. He's he's hiccuping. Well, eventually he breaks free from that, and he keeps going on his journey. And uh, and he, he runs into situations where God promises him things, and he gets he gets afraid, and he goes into self-preservation mode, mm-hmm. right? And so th- there, there's the time that Sarah, uh, you know, the, there's a king that, that likes Sarah, and it's like, hey, like who's that. she? Yeah. And he's like, oh, she's my, uh, she's my sister, you know? <laughs> And 
and uh, and that God has to speak to that king and is in a dream and says, "You lay a hand on her, and I'm gonna I want to mess you up." And uh, and so the Abraham Abraham's got his own egg on his face. You know, he's just he's he's made a fool of himself. But God's intervened, and you go along and you see the promises that God made to Abraham, and you see how so many times Abraham just misses it. He misses it. He misses it. And yet the testimony is that he believed in God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. But there came a point, and this is after the promise of Isaac had come to pass, and in his old age, in his old age, the promised son, Isaac, is born, and Isaac is at a certain point in his life, and God says, okay, I I want you to take your son, your only son, and I want you to go offer him as Mm -hmm. a sacrifice to me. Now, there's just a whole bunch about that that seems wrong. Mm. But Abraham's response was just to get up and do it. Right. There there you see in the life of Abraham, the father of faith, you know, kid's song, Father Abraham, you know, the father of faith struggled with his faith for so long, but there came a point where it clicked. Mm. It just clicked. And it wasn't because of of all of his his efforts. It was because he, I think he was he was maturing to that place of righteousness. He was mm-hmm. growing into that place, the ultimate fruit of faith. And so in my life, when I'm struggling with those things, I'm sure you can relate to this, we, we get impatient. We're impatient with the process. That's right. And yet God is, is patient. He is working it out in our life. The first step is to trust in Jesus, trusting mm-hmm. God's way through his son Jesus, trusting God's truth through his word, that if I believe then I will become righteous. Mm. Jesus put it this way, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things that we're consumed with, all these other things that we worry about, he will take care of those things. That's right. That's right. Not, I'd take it a step further, Keith. Not only do we grow impatient, but remember it was, it was Abraham when, um, when I, when Ishmael was born and God came to him and said, "Uh, you're going to have a son. He goes, Oh, the Ishmael, would be the promise. And God says, no, we even get so impatient that we like to carve out our own quote unquote promise and sanctify it by saying, this is it, God, this is it. And God says, no. No, And so Abraham, the father of faith, even tries to direct God in the promise and say, how about this one? Well, I'm going to, you know, and and I think Keith, you, you, you just bring up a great point. Righteousness is really proven out in the trenches of day-to-day faith mm-hmm. in God, mm-hmm. picking yourself up, having successes, having failures, you're getting up, you're moving on. That's righteousness. It's 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 God working it out in, in the trenches to where, and here's what I love, when you go to Hebrews 11, all he makes mention of is 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 Abraham's successes? Yeah, that's all he te- that's all he records. This is faith. It's like, well, what about all the guys' unfaith? What about all the guys' unbelief? Yeah, we we, we don't care about that. We're, this is faith, and and I love that because God takes note and recognizes the faithful acts of the people that He has made righteous, hmm. and the unrighteousness that's on His Son. He's His Son has paid for it. So so critical in Hebrews eleven. Verse 6, it says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists Mm. and that he rewards those who seek him. And then, yes, it goes on to just brag on these guys, to brag on Noah, to brag on Abraham, to brag on all these people. When we read their stories, we're like, there's nothing worth bragging on. There was a drunk. There was a a bad father in that group. There was all these guys, and this guy just says, these are my heroes. 
And I love that about Scripture, Keith. God never hides the failures of its heroes, or the Bible never hides the failures of its heroes. It exalts their 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 wonderful um, elements of faith in their life, and it puts their failures, it puts all of their issues, it puts them on the death of the Son of God. Wow, He has covered it all. So there's hope for us. Amen. 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 God bless you. We look forward to being with you on Shouts of Grace Radio next time. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. Practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. That's ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. At ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastors Steve and Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church located in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.